welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Can I, can I jump straight into the message? And uh, I'm, I'm wrestling with the title of Heavenly Encounters. And so jumping straight into Acts chapter 2 is where I want to speak from. And uh, I've, over the last week or two, just had a whole fresh um, a sense of appreciation about connect and small group. And you've probably heard me say that a few times over the last couple of months, but just this week is like Monday night was, wow, God, you're just showing off. And Tuesday night with the creative team here, God, you're just showing up and showing off. And then on Thursday night, um, I go to a men's connect at in Beldivis and... Uh, Oh my goodness, a 24-year-old mystery got solved for me on Thursday night. I've been telling this story about an encounter, a heavenly encounter we had in our church in 1996 where um, uh, I found out on Thursday night we were actually in a season where we were doing midweek Bible study. It was a week before Easter. And as I went to that meeting that night, apparently uh, God spoke to me and said, don't do Bible study, hold a prayer meeting. And so we held a prayer meeting. And in that meeting, while I was up the front praying in a spiritual language called tongues, which we're going to have a look at today, um, I gave a message during that period of time in what I began to discover was Romanian, Romanian language. And I'd always knew of the story because uh, John, who's here this morning, came up to me at the end of that meeting and said to me, clearly, he came up to me and said, I did not know that you spoke Romanian. And of course, at that moment, I responded back with, neither did I. And so I want to have a look at that today because I found out the detail. I, was, I had the chance, the opportunity to ask a question to go into more detail about what really went on in that moment 24 years ago. And so we're going to look at this morning, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to look at that as we look at this whole thing called heavenly encounters because I believe we're in a season where God wants you to encounter Him in a heavenly way. I believe we're in a season where God wants to move in on rooms like this in a supernatural way that is powerful and life-changing. And this is how it reads. On the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. I, I just, that thought there, rushing into the room, Like just, you've got to put yourself, when you read the Bible, you've got to walk through the pages with it. So so get this, out of the heavenly realm, a wind rushed into the room. Imagine right now if God interrupted this service with that kind of heavenly encounter. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. All the disciples were in one place and God was magnified. You know, for God to be magnified is, is, is like grabbing a magnifying glass. It's like if we go outside right now, the sun is shining, right? But if you get a magnifying glass, you can capture all of what the sun is doing and focus it in one point. And if you do that, how many as kids used to light up the bush? 
pieces of paper with a magnifying glass in the sun. That's what happens when we gather together. It's like God is magnified. As He is magnified, His power is focused into one area. And in this, in this moment here in Acts chapter 2, it, it was overpowering what God did. I'm, I'm wanting to see God again, fresh, come into the rooms that we gather and actually encounter His people in a powerful way. I believe we're moving into a new era of the outpouring. Not, not the old revisited, not the old regurgitated, not the old remanufactured, but God is going to show up with His outpourings in this era for what we need in 2020. Because you know what was happening in 1990 and 95 was good for then, but what we need now is significantly different. Like He can show up and cure you of that disease while you're sitting in the seat. He might not do it while you're sitting in the seat. You might have to walk to the altar. He might not do it at the altar. He might do it on connect, you know that place you don't really want to go to, but when you get there, you think, I'm so glad I came. The realm of heaven opens when we gather together. The work of the Holy Spirit can be overpowering. In fact, I I think the work of the Holy Spirit is overpowering. Sickness is overpowered by healing. Stress is overpowered by peace. Are you with me? You've got to know that's how He works. Verse 3, Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they'd never learned. I'm here to clarify once again that it is possible for you to have an encounter with God and His Holy Spirit to the point where He puts a spiritual language on the inside of you and in a, all of a sudden you go from not speaking and not knowing to speaking and knowing a supernatural language that was not learned. And I'm here to clarify that it didn't peter out with Peter in the first century. I'm here to clarify that it didn't finish with the Old Testament disciples or the New Testament disciples. I'm here to clarify that an encounter with the Holy Ghost where you speak in other tongues is just as available today as it was to Peter, James and John. Empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they never learned. The Holy Spirit is able to transcend your intelligence, give you inspired speech and a spiritual language. So on Thursday night, um, first of all, can, can I just encourage you in this whole area of Connect and Connect Groups? Uh, because it's been just incredible to, to re-engage at different levels in Connect. So uh, Monday night is couples, Tuesday night is creative team here. I go to one in the morning with the staff as well. I'm a bit of a connect junkie at the moment. I get a day off on Wednesday and by the time I get to Thursday, I'm ready for another hit of connect. So on Thursday night, it's a men's gathering at John Moore's home and um, good to see Les Carroll here this morning. Can we just put our, well, whatever. He doesn't like attention. Give give him plenty of attention later. Don't forget, it's a fist pump and an elbow. 
And so I'm leaving the gym, about to go home, change, shower for Connect on Thursday night instead I get a call from Les. Um, I've, or text actually, just had a heart attack. He's in the hospital waiting for transfer. I'm like, dude, go visit Les, then go to Connect. And as I walk into Connect, it was just a powerful thing to see men that had gathered there standing in the room praying for Les to have a miracle, praying for Les to be healed, praying for his buddy who's walked in and he's all kind of, we men don't get emotional. Well, we do, but we just do it behind closed doors with other men praying for them. And so walking in, Les has already been prayed for. We sit down at the table and there's a guy there that's been in our church for 25 odd years on and off when they've lived here and he's here now. And uh, as we sit down and I begin to share the Word, I remember that he was the first guy ever to come up to me and stun me. Um, so that we used to do a Bible study in, in 96 uh, on midweek Bible study. And apparently we're in the middle of doing Bible teaching and it was a week before Easter. So it was like um, the Wednesday before Palm Sunday. And... Uh, apparently, because he remembered, not me, that um, we'd been doing this Bible study for all these weeks. And then when we got there that Wednesday night, I said, I felt like the Lord had told me that it shouldn't be a Bible study, but a prayer meeting. And so we turned it into a prayer meeting. And uh, I was up the front praying in tongues. And uh, I'll say what I said to John on, on, uh, on Thursday night. I said, do you remember what happened that night? Because I didn't want it to, I just wanted it to be authentic to the guys that were gathered. He says, I absolutely do. And he recounted the story of how we changed it into a prayer meeting. And he says, and we went in to pray. He said, at that time in my life, there was just some stuff going down. It was difficult. It was good within my family, but there was stuff going around my life that was just difficult. He says, and when, when, when I found out that you'd turned that into a prayer meeting, I, I just thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this moment to pray. He says, and you went up the front, you, you up the front, you started praying in tongues and you're walking backwards and forwards. And he says, you didn't know this, but every time you came over in front of me and, and, and we're praying in tongues, there was one word would come out in perfect Romanian. And then you'd go back and you'd pray again and you'd come back. And every time you came back in front of me, a perfect word would come out in Romanian. Not random words, but ordered words. And he said, and I was so in need of hearing God clearly. I was so in need of clarity that I wasn't paying attention to you until that first word popped out. And then when the second word popped out, God got my intention, so I wrote them down. Because you see, all I remember from this story is that guy came up to me at the end of the prayer meeting and he came up to me and he said this, he says, I didn't know that you could speak Romanian. And I said to him, you've heard me say this before. I've quoted the story many times over the years. I said, neither did I. And I said to John, I said, John, I said, tell us more. He says, well, it's just kept happening. And he says, and the thing that got my attention is, is that they weren't random words like dog, car, cat. He says, they were ordered. And he says, he says when I wrote all the words down together, it made a perfect phrase and statement in Romanian. I went, yeah, I did that too. That's like, all I want to know is, what did I say? <laughs> what did I say? What did, what did God say through me? Would you like to know? You'll, you'll find out at the end. 
Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire and engulfed them, each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. I know I read it before, but you needed to hear it again. Verse 6, now at that time there were Jewish worshippers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem and the people of the city heard the roaring sound. Crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what had happened, over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Sean had immigrated from Romania to Australia He's now sitting in that prayer room in 1996 with others praying and God decides to hear John's cry. Do you know, you wanna know what the Spirit of God said to him? He said, what kind of hope do you have in the King? Yeah, what kind of hope do you have in the King? Isn't it amazing that God knows how to question your questioning with a question? (laughs) Question your questioning. He's gone through a difficult time and not really sure and kind of in that space. And He says, what kind of hope do you have in the King. Here's the the interesting thing about that Connect group and those men. And I was going to this place on on Thursday night. I felt like God had asked me to kind of get some wisdom from the room. I felt like I was, I feel like every Connect group I go into, I learn more, I receive more than I ever give or pour out. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I'm sitting at that table and it's kind of um, strategically uh, position seats with the, the degreed people at that end of the table and the less degree, I'm at the very end of the table, I'm the person with the less, least amount of education in the room. And I know that that causes us to be wired differently. Most of us in the room are process oriented guys that have responsibilities. And we started to talk about this whole reality that when it comes to the things of the Spirit, for those of you watching online, when it comes to the move of God, one of the things that often gets in the way is our logic and our intellect and our degrees. And like John, he's, he's, he's more than double degreed. He's got, I think he's got at least three degrees. And, and, and there's others around the table the same. There's engineers and accountants and those kinds of things. And so I said, to, I said to John, I said, John, tell me in that moment, as a person with degrees, as a person who's an engineer that deals with process and logic, I says, how do you open up your heart? How do you, how do you explain that logic, so that, how do you deal with it? How do you handle it? How do you move that? That's a supernatural thing. You can't explain that. How an uneducated guy with no formal training in the language can speak a clear message to you Never met. He doesn't know what's going on in your world. I said, how do you how do you handle that? How do you deal with that? And he, his response was magical, simple. 
I was waiting for this like profound. His response was magical. He said, there's no logic. You've just got to accept it. He says, because when I deal with logic and process, it's, it's mathematical. It makes sense. He says, but it, it can't make sense. You, you've just got to accept it. And there was like this incredible release in the room. It's like, oh yeah, you've just got to accept it. Verse 7, bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So why is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are northeastern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, Elamites and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, east central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, north central Turkey, southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans, who are neighbours of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said, they're just drunk on new wine. Can I clarify today that when, when God supernaturally shows up, when He wants to encounter you from His heavenly realm, there's usually three basic responses. Number one, accept it and receive the blessing. Like now, the presence of God, I know, has fallen on some of you, getting poured out on some of you, stirring some of you from the inside out and you're just accepting it and receiving the blessing. But then the second response is to reject it and the blessing. And the third response I find, and it's there in Scripture and I see it repeated time and time again, is if you don't accept it, you reject it. But if you kind of can't get yourself to a place to accept or reject, you'll just mock it. And so these guys mocked it because when you mock it, you don't have to deal with it. But what the danger there is you become an enemy of God and that's just a really dangerous place to go because if you go on and read the rest of the text, I don't think we have enough time. Um, but if you go on and read on the rest of the text, they say, oh, they're just drunk on wine. If you go on and read on the rest, Peter stands up and says, hey guys, these, aren't, these guys aren't drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning and it's not Australia. <laughs> just doesn't happen like that in Israel. Might happen in the land down under, but, but not, in, not in Israel. It's nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk with wine. This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He said that in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on, on your sons and your daughters and on all your servants. It's interesting as you read that text and study it that God will pour out His Spirit on everyone, but it sits on servants. He has to pour it out on everyone. Then it's up to you whether you accept it, reject it or mock it. But I want to tell you that as a son and a daughter, if you accept it, He's going to transform sons and daughters into servants and the Spirit sits on servants. It sits on servants for a really important reason. I'm just going to slide right down to the bottom of my notes. Psalm 104. And verse four says this, it's a powerful Scripture. It's repeated over in Hebrews chapter one, verse seven, I think. But in Psalm 104 and verse four, it was declared, you make your messengers 
into winds of the Spirit and your ministers become flames of fire. Can I, can I just remind you this morning that ministers are winds of the Spirit and I'm speaking today as a human, as a servant, but there is a wind of God behind what I'm saying today. I know it and it's for the purpose of touching your life and, and bringing you the blessing that you need. But more than that, as you become a minister, a servant, He wants you to be on fire in everything that you do because on fire people are empowered people. And there's a fresh wind of the Spirit of God blowing upon the house. And I'm here to declare simply this this morning that as C3 Rockingham, as this community of faith, we are those that are not prepared to reject the move of God's Spirit. We're not prepared to mock the move. I can't explain it. I can't theorise it. I can't give you theology that's deep and powerful and broad and expand on it. So if you need that, find out the answers But I do know that God is wanting to do what He did for John in 1996. He wants to do it for you and me in 2020, right? That that He wants to give you a word for your unborn child so that you can speak it, prophesy it, pray it over them all the days of life and then see it come into being. He wants to give you a word for the career path, that choice that you've got to make right now so that you make the right choice because the Bible does say that there is a path before every man that seems right, but it ends in death. It looks right, but it ends in death. He wants you to know that the path you choose is a path that He has chosen for you because you see, you are like a sailboat, not a motorboat. You want to be a motorboat. I know you want to be a speedboat or a cruise liner or whatever, because that means you get a wheelhouse and a wheel and a motor. It means that you can drive it where you want, you can put power on when you want, but you're not a motorboat, you're a sailboat. Because the difference with a sailboat is, is you got the sail and you got the sea and you're sitting there. And the only thing you can do is set your sail and hope that the wind will blow. And that's why He says He he makes His messengers. So if you can sit and set your sail, at the same point, you've got to set your heart to trust and believe that God's going to come along and blow in your sail. Because it's only when He blows in your sail are you going to have any forward momentum. It's only once you've got some wind in your sail can you take some direction. And I know you want it to be a straight line, but He's going to cause you to tack this way and then that way and then this way and then that way. But in the end, He'll take you to where you need to go. And when you get there, you won't be able to take any credit for it because you know it's the wind of the Spirit blowing on your life. It's not something you've taken control of and you can sing at the end of it. I won't sing it, but I did it my way. I would have sung it, but there's people online and that's not gonna sound anywhere near. It would have sound doubly bad on the way through all the transmissions. So Father, right now, right now, Father, as You do what only You can do, You said, God, you'd make your messengers winds of the Spirit. God, come and breathe afresh on every single person. Lord, you said your ministers would become flames of fire. 
God, we just set every single disciple in the room on fire today. Father, for those watching online in their, in their homes and in their cars and in their offices, wherever you are right now, Father, right now you know how to meet with every single one of us. Now, there's people here today and you know that you've plundered blessing. You've plundered blessing and you're desperate for redemption. There's people here today and you know that you need to find strength in the middle of your brokenness. You need to exchange recklessness for faithfulness. You've heard the message again and again from different people on the platform this morning that God is the one. Jesus is the one that can turn all that stuff around. I'm here to declare to you today that Jesus is the answer. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.